Welcome to the Sunday Message Podcast of Bethany Church in Fresno, California. We hope this message will encourage and equip you as you grow in the grace and knowledge of Jesus Christ. If today's message helps you, share it with a friend. If you would like to know more about the ministry of Bethany Church, please reach out on Facebook or at BethanyChurchFresno.com. And now, here's this week's message. So the question I have for you today is, how are you feeling? You know, one of the one of the sad commentaries on mankind, if you will, today is that we are suffering at record numbers with depression. And there are so many people that are struggling with just getting up in the morning and getting going. Uh, I think it was Keith Green that, that said, said uh, Jesus rose from the dead and you can't even get out of bed. Right? It's a tough time getting blanket victory. Um, yeah, there's so many people that um, they feel fully alive and at the same time there are moments where they feel like the walking dead. And the question is, how can we get to that place to where we really experience, not, not just intellectually, but fully experience the resurrection power? So I want to talk a little bit today about power and the resurrection power and how we can experience that uh, regularly. First Corinthians 4.20 says this, For the kingdom of God is not a matter of talk, but of power. And then in 1 Corinthians 6, 14 says this, By his power, God raised the Lord from the dead, and he will raise us also. And that's the great hope we have, that death isn't, isn't the end. Death has been defeated. Jesus shows us that it's possible. 2 Corinthians twelve nine says, But he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. And he goes on and says, therefore, I'm going to boast more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power can rest on me. Now, that's a that's the first clue right there is that we have to be sometimes even verbal about the fact that it is God's power, not my own. And, and you know, in our society, isn't isn't it the way of our society that we have to bring attention to ourselves how great we are, all the good things that we've done, so people will like us. I mean, isn't that what Facebook is really all about? You know, showing everybody in the planet how, how good we are, what we've done, what we've accomplished, all these things, because we want, we, we schedule our life around posting and then calculating how many likes that we've gotten. We, we seem so needy. And yet, here, Paul says, I'm going to boast about my weaknesses because then I can shed light on how powerful God is and what he is doing in my life in spite of my weakness, right? And so we're going to talk a little bit about power today. Uh, Ephesians 1, 18 through 21, Paul said this, I pray that, my, that the eyes of your heart might be enlightened in order that you may know Three things. The hope to which he's called you. What's that? That's the hope of eternal life through Christ. 
that death is no longer a barrier, that we are not stuck in the grave, right? Number two, that the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people, that we are now considered to be the sons and daughters of God, then we have this inheritance, and this inheritance is eternal life. God has given that to us. We're, we're just waiting to, to grab onto it. And then the third thing, and his incomparably great power, there it is again, for us who believe. That power is the same as the mighty strength he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead. So I don't know if you ever thought about it being there at the moment when the power came into the the dead body of Christ and and I mean there was an earthquake that I mean things were rocking okay and, and the, the tomb it was opened miraculously the angels were there present and suddenly I don't know I would love to have seen it just this electrifying power that just zaps Jesus and he is suddenly alive again wow to be there at that moment in time to experience the energy. I think, I think our hair would have been blown back or at least, you know, woo, one of those things where your hair's on end, you know. There's just that electrifying power. Now, keep in mind, Paul keeps on telling us and reminding us, as we see in scripture, that this power is the same power that caused Jesus to be able to be, to, to, to be restored to life is the same power that is available to you and me. Every day, every moment. Isn't that amazing? And so, we see here that that uh, it's really about God's power. Now, so let's talk electricity. Now, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make a disclaimer. I am not an electrician. You wouldn't want me to wire your home. Okay? Uh, first time I experienced electricity was when I stuck my finger... In a, uh, in a light socket because my dad said don't do that. And, uh, and it was interesting. Okay. But I'm not an expert and, and also analogies have their limits. Okay. Keep those two things in mind here. So, so I think there's, there's two kinds of power. There's AC and DC, right? You know the difference? Okay. DC is like direct current, right? It's a one way kind of power. It comes from this source into something, but there's there's no return on it. And then there's AC, which is what? Alternating, Alternating current. And that that kind of goes around, right? What goes around comes around, right? I mean, it comes from, but then it goes back to, and, and there's this, I don't know if I'm right or wrong here, but, you know, I'm, generalities. Here we're talking generalities. Okay. So let's talk about the DC power, the one-way current for a little while. If you view your relationship with God as a one-way relationship, either um, maybe you telling God what you want Him to do, or you consider the Bible something that just tells you what you should be doing, or in some cases we like to tell others what they should be doing, right? If, if your life is a one-way kind of life, that there's, there's no, no give and take, no back and forth, no listening and doing, 
um, in a both in a two-way kind of a thing, then it can be literally draining, right? It can just be draining. You keep on talking to God, and it's like it's bouncing. It's not nothing's coming back, and maybe that's because we don't sit and listen. We, we, we just consider this as a one-way kind of, okay, I shot my arrow into the air and, you know, you wait. But you don't have a conversation with God. And if you think your life should be like that, then it gets draining. Or if you just think that God is there to tell you what to do and you can't talk to Him about it, you know, you're just constantly under the pressure of thinking that God wants you to do this, this, and this, and this, and this. And you don't have a conversation with him about how you're feeling. About how you feel weak. Right? Then it becomes draining. Or if you, you feel like you're the kind of person that just has all the right ideas. And you're constantly telling people what to do and how to do it. And they don't seem to be listening very well. They can be pretty draining. Right? And so eventually this power source that that God says is the same power that raised Jesus from the dead, it seems like that battery is running low. And I don't know if you've ever been there like I have, but you feel like, oh my goodness, I, I just feel like there's no power. And you feel drained. And you just don't think you can function hardly anymore. Well, the Bible addresses this issue. In Second Timothy 3, 1 through 5, it says this, Mark this, there will be terrible times in the last days. People will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, without love, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not lovers of good, treacherous, rash, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. Wow, that's quite a list, isn't it? But here's, here's the interesting. If you have a pencil, underline this one. It says... Having a form of godliness, but denying its power. Interesting. That, that there are people that have this, this form of godliness. They have their idea of what it's like to be a Christian, what it's like to be under God or working so hard for God that, that it's just powerless. And they don't see any fruit that the Bible talks about that should be in a person's life that gives their life to Christ. That power just doesn't seem to be there at all. And he goes on, he says, have nothing to do with these people. You know, just to hang out with a bunch of people who say, oh yeah, I love Jesus. Um, yeah, Jesus died for me on the cross and we, he was even raised from the dead. But then you go your way and there's just nothing. You feel like, okay, I put my time in, but there's no, no dynamic power in my life. I, I haven't witnessed anybody, maybe in years or ever. I, I feel afraid to share my faith with my next door neighbor. I, I have these doubts about whether or not God can do what He says He can do in me and through me. I, I doubt whether or not God can change me into the kind of person that He says I can be, but I'm not experiencing that. And so there's this form of godliness that becomes rules. 
you've got to live this way, you've got to that way, you, you, you know, can't drink, smoke, chew, go with girls that do, you know, all those things that we put in place to say, okay, if I'm inside the parameters of my little rules that I've said, that is what represents godliness or being a Christian. But I have no power in my life. That's that you have a form of godliness, but all the while denying the, the power that God says he will supply when he plants the Holy Spirit in you and, and lives in you that there is this dynamic feeling. James 2.17 says this, Faith by itself, that's basically saying, I, I believe in everything that the Bible says about Jesus and who he is and he raised, was raised from the dead. Faith by itself, if it's not accompanied by action, is what? It's dead. It's powerless. It's powerless. There's no power in something that's dead. James 2.26 says, As the body without the spirit is dead... So faith without deeds, it's dead, right? So what is the action that actually brings life? Um, so we don't feel like a DC battery that slowly just gets sucked of all of its power, right? Pretty well drained, lifeless. Um, you've heard, probably heard someone say uh, they need to recharge their batteries, right? Um, and so we think of things uh, that are going to recharge our batteries. And what do we do? We say, oh, I need a vacation. Right? When I go to Hawaii, I recharge my batteries. Right? Um, or, you know, I just need another pint of Haagen-Dazs. <laughs> that will do the trick. Okay? Others, you know, it's, it's like... Give me a five-shot espresso, okay? I need something to energize me. And we go to all kinds of lengths to do the things that we need to do that we think are going to bring us back to a level of power that we can actually do our daily business, right? I need this, that, or the other thing. And so what we do is, is we think, wow, I need to recharge my batteries. But a battery can only be recharged so many times before finally it can't even be recharged anymore. And, you know, I've seen so many people, they, they accept Christ. And, and, you know, I don't know if you remember your moment when you finally gave your life to Christ. And, 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 or maybe it was when you went to camp or whatever. But you remember that moment and you just felt, what, charged up, right? I mean, you were so charged, you were about to explode, and then you go down the mountain or just a couple of days go by or you go have to go back to work or the kids finally wake up from their nap, you know, whatever it is. Then all of a sudden it's like, you just feel drained one more time, right? And then your life is this, 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 I guess, it's all about just seeking after those moments where you can feel a little charged just for a moment. But then it was down. That's back up. That's down. Then up. And it just becomes just so draining. Well, I'd like to suggest a different metaphor. Let's go to AC power, right? AC power. Now, AC power, um, I've rewired a few things in my day that didn't blow up. Uh, and there, there's a thing called Romex wire. You guys familiar with this? Anybody? Okay. There's a few guys nodding. Yeah, I know what Romex is. Okay. Um, three wires, right? Three wires. Sometimes four, but mostly three. Mostly three, right? 
And this is about alternating current. Now, I call this the alive Christian. DC, dead Christian. AC, alive, alive Christian, right? You get it? Yeah, AC, DC, okay. I was trying to get the worship band to think of something to AC, DC would fit. But no, no, no takers. Okay, anyway. So, alternating current here. So, the wiring colors are this. Hot or the active wire, right? Uh, they can be mostly black, but sometimes red. Am I right? Am I, I'm, I, want, I think somebody knows here that I'm trying. Okay. Just want to check. Just want to check. Okay. And there's a second wire. This is called the neutral wire, I think. <laughs> I'm shooting bullets in the dark here. Okay. <laughs> so the neutral wire is white. It's white. And, uh, and then the protective wire, protective wire is the ground wire. Okay. And that one is usually green. So let, let's talk, let's talk wires now. All right. And if I'm totally off base or wrong, uh, you electricians, you can take me outside later. Okay. And, and straighten me out. All right. So the hot wire, uh, this is the power that connects us with God. Okay. It connects us with God. Um, and it happens. I think it's just, I know in electricity, I know I said that every analogy has its limit. So I'm going to kind of jump in and out of the, of the reality when it comes to electricity here. But basically, the power from God is intended to be a back and forth thing. See, we, we are to receive power from God. But there are moments when we need to be listening and talking back to God. There's this back there alternating current, right? We confess our sins. God forgives us. He instructs us. He loves to remind us that we're forgiven by Jesus' blood and we can live this life that we were intended to live. We have peace with him. All those things, the commentary that God gives us, but we also are in dialogue with him. Acts 1.8 says this, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. So, so God is granting us all this power that is available that was the same power that resurrected Jesus from the dead. Second Peter 1, 3 through 4. It's a long passage, but it says this. His divine power has given us everything we need. Gets that? Everything we need for a godly life. So here is the person over here, the DC, the dead Christian, right? Okay. Um, He has a form of godliness, right? But here it says that we've been given the power, right? We've been given this power. It's to give us everything we need for a godly life, a truly godly life. So you have this form of godliness, this kind of shadow godliness. Then you have the real godliness over here. But look how it happens. Godly life through our knowledge, first of all, knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. And through these, he has given us very great and precious promises so that through them you may participate in the divine nature, having escaped the corruption of the world caused by evil desires. So here's how it goes. For this very reason, make every effort. It involves a little bit of effort on our part to add to your faith. That's just believing add to your faith the next thing is goodness and to goodness knowledge and to knowledge self-control and to self-control perseverance and to perseverance 
uh, no, per- perseverance to godliness, and then godliness, mutual affection, and to mutual affection, love. And if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive. And that's how so many people feel, just ineffective and unproductive. Where did I get done today? Did I do anything for the kingdom today? You know, I mean, so many times we think, well, you know, yeah, the pastor does all those things for the kingdom, right? I mean, that's why we pay him. We pay him money so that, you know, I can maybe bring a friend and he can talk to him about Jesus and maybe he'll get saved, right? When in reality, God has given every one of us the power to be effective and not unproductive when it comes to building the kingdom of God. We all have capacity and God wants to infuse us with that power. But it means then that there is this process of that it, it comes from this faith that means that we are really going to concentrate on goodness. So it comes from a knowledge of what the scripture really tells us and what God is saying to us in our prayer time. And then we have this self-control to be able to say, God, you can give me the power to have self-control. You've given me the power to, to learn more about you. You've given me power to have perseverance. You give me the power to actually have an affection for other people. Not just for God, but for other people, especially the, the, the fellowship of, of, the, of the church, people who, uh, who other people who are also Christians trying to live their life out. You've given me the power then to actually not just say I love people, but to really genuinely love people. Okay, I mean, can you see where this is going? God says, I want you to realize that power. But it, it comes as we build that power into action. Qualities that are going to keep us from being ineffective, right? And then it goes on in verse 9. What, whoever does not have these things is nearsighted and blind, forgetting that they've been cleansed from their past sins. Therefore, my brothers and sisters, make every effort to confirm your calling and election. For if you do these things, you will never stumble. And you will receive a rich welcome into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. If you've ever had these doubts about whether or not you are truly saved, they come, right? You know how you can get over that? It's by doing this process. Adding to your faith goodness and goodness, self-control. And you keep on going and you start doing these things. And suddenly, what? You're involved in loving people that you never thought you could love. And you love them so much that you start getting involved in their lives and you lead a a sacrificial life and, and you lay your life down so that others can come to know Jesus and suddenly you feel pretty alive. And that increases your faith. And, and so you will, it says you will never stumble if you're really involved in this process. Now, the neutral wire, I like the fact that uh, it's it's white, it's neutral, right? Um, it says this, the power of connecting back and forth with people who need Jesus. I think one of the things that we forget so often, we think this form of godliness is usually go to church. Be good, right? 
And and we forget that we are called to be in the world, not of it, but in the world. And in our sphere of influence, we have opportunity to connect with people who need Jesus. And the best way that you can connect with them is to just love them. Love them. And, and, And what that means is that we... Go there in a neutral way. No judgment. We talked about that last week uh, to some degree. We're not here to judge the lost, but to take the message of love and grace and compassion and mercy, right? And when we do that, that shows them, and I love the fact that it's white, right? Is that it shows how God can cleanse us completely of our sin. And And maybe the first thing that we need to do is in our in a non with a non-judgmental attitude talk to friends and neighbors and people that you know within your sphere of influence about how God has cleansed you. Don't start by thinking they've got to clean up their act. Maybe the first thing that you do is tell them how God helped you clean up yours. And maybe in some respects is still helping you to clean up yours. Right? Because when we're confessional with other people, Suddenly, I think they, they're more open to us because we don't seem like the expert, the guy who's got it all together. We're the ones who need grace just as much or more than they do, right? And then we let the Holy Spirit do the work in their life. Uh, Acts 1.8 says, You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be what? You'll be white as snow. You'll, you'll be A-OK. You'll be what? What does it say? You'll be witnesses. And you know what a witness does? A witness basically tells the truth about the truth. I mean, you're just there to say, this is reality. I was this, and now I am this, and it wasn't by any of my own power. It's all because of the resurrection power of Jesus, who conquered death, who conquered sin, who conquered that old person that drove you nuts, right? And was and was pursuing all the wrong things. And so we then what? We confess, we give witness to what God has done in our life and the life of our, our maybe our family and others that you know that had a, a radical transformation because they believe that Jesus did indeed die to forgive their sins and they have been forgiven. So the power that we have is not to get stuff from God. The power that we have is actually to just be a witness to God's love and mercy and saving grace in our life, right? So Romans 1.16 says this, For I'm not ashamed of the gospel, because it is the power of God that brings salvation. So when I witness to other people about how God has changed my life, turned me around, made me a better person, hopefully, Right. Then what happens? It's the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes. And then I said, first to the Jew and then to the Gentile. The Jews were people who kind of knew the story. But then there are Gentiles who didn't know the story at all. And so, you know, some of the people that you're going to bump into, they might have experienced Sunday school or church at some point, but they kind of abandon it because maybe they were leading one of these powerless lives that was all labeled by rules. Right. So maybe some of the people will be in that camp, but there'll be others who don't have a clue who Jesus is. 
right? They might have heard Jesus' name. Most of them heard it first as a cuss word, right? But almost everybody knows kind of who Jesus is. And actually, Jesus is kind of a likable guy. Most people are cool with Jesus. But to then reveal who Jesus really is and how gentle he is and how forgiving and loving he is, right? 1 Corinthians 1.18 says this, For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. So, one more wire, the ground wire. Uh, I love the fact that this one's green because it represents growth, right? It's, uh, it's this idea here that the power of, of connecting back and forth with supportive Christian friends, that we have a community, and that's what the church is really for. What we're really here for is to come here to re- reiterate the truth, but then to get the encouragement that we need to live the life that we are in, right? And so there's that growth that's grounded in community. Colossians 3.16 says this, Let the message of Christ dwell richly among you as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit. Wow. This really says how important worship is. I mean, even the singing word. One one of the great things about singing is a good song usually has a good tune and that and that kind of sticks with you. Have you ever had that song that kind of gets in your head that you can't get out? Right? Like baby shark 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 right? You know? I mean you're gonna be thinking about that the rest of the day, right? Okay. Well what we have to do is we have to create songs that are going to to repeat in our head, right? I mean, get a get a radio on your on your uh car right radio right okay sorry little blip there um get get a station on your radio in your car that has good encouraging christian music on it right why because you want that song to be going in your head and hopefully it's a song that has good theology right that good biblical teaching that will encourage you to remember that God is God. God loves you. You've been forgiven of your sins. You have the power of God within you to be a witness to other people about who Jesus is and what he can do, right? I mean, a good song will do that. A good song will do that. A good hymn will do that. A good chorus will do that, right? But remember, it says not just get all the good stuff. It says you can admonish one another. Now, the church needs to be a safe place where we can talk openly and honestly about the things we're struggling with or if we see a brother or sister that's kind of sliding in the wrong direction we can say hey hey hey, whoa 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 i love you so much i don't want to see you go there right so we can do that all in the context of no judgment and love for one another first corinthians 5 11 says encourage one another and build each other up just as in fact you are doing. I love the fact that that there is an assumption here that that's what we're about, right? That we are encouragers. Of all all the groups in the planet, we should be the one who when people hear about, oh yeah, those Christians, those are the guys that encourage each other all the time, right? That's an encouraging bunch. 
Hebrews 10, 24 and 25 says this, And let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds. Now, the word spur is actually the, the word for goad. And a goad is like a sharp stick that you would use to poke a sheep in the rear end when he was going the wrong way. It's like, whoop, ah, right? Um, I don't want to see any sharp sticks here in the sanctuary <laughs> next week, by the way. Okay. But basically, sometimes we need a little bit of, you know, push, right? To do the right thing. And we do that by saying, you can do it. Because you have the power of God within you to get it, get it done, right? So we're very, very, very encouraging as we encourage each other to what? To love first and then good deeds second, right? Not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another. I mean, there's that repetitious idea that when we get together, I hope that when you leave here today and every time we meet, that you're encouraged, you're not discouraged, right? That you're, you feel like there was a good word that, that you could grab a hold of or a song that you could remember that when you walk out of here that, that you're feeling just a little bit stronger, a little bit more confident in the fact that God does love you and that you have the power of God to become the kind of people that God wants you to be, right? So, so here, here's a, a bit, I know we're going to say our other benediction later, but I'm going to give a little benediction uh, to us from Scripture here. From Ephesians chapter 3, 16 to 18, he says this. He says, I pray that out of his glorious riches that he, God, may strengthen you with power through the Spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you being rooted and established in love may have power together with all of the Lord's people to grasp how wide, how long, how high and deep is the love of Christ. And to know this, this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all fullness of God. And now to him who's able to do immeasurably more than all we can ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be glory in the church. And in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. Right? So I hope you're charged up. Okay? Charged up. And remember... When you're hooked up to God, there's no decrease in power, right? It's always on. And so God bless you. May you be encouraged and strengthened in his power to be God's people, to love one another with all the love that he has for you. All right, let's pray. God, thank you for your love for us. Uh, Thank you for your power that is always present. Help us tap into that power not through some methodical way in which we've set up rules and regulations for ourselves, but, God, in a way that that just sits in the love of Jesus, the risen Jesus. Through your power, he was raised from the dead back to life, a life that we can live in him and through him with each other's encouragement and help. So, God, help us to realize that and to spread the good word in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening. Know that God loves you more than you can imagine. 
And for everything Bethany Church, check out BethanyChurchFresno.com.